The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome to it, another edition of the Employment Law Show. We are ready to go. We hope you are as well. You've had that coffee. You're up and around. You're doing your thing, and you're going to make that phone call. How about that? Know your employment law rights there. There for you. They're already installed. The only thing you can do is mess it up by giving them away. So we'll avoid all that by uh, giving you the information that we give this show every week. And uh, we'll take your phone calls. Email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll get to some of those as well. Any other time you want to reach out to Lior, that can be done no problem, either through email. You can also go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, an amazing website. Been around for a couple of years now, helping tons of people. It's like having an employment lawyer with you. At all times, and wrapped up inside the pocket employment lawyer is the severance pay calculator. That is a handy tool. People love it. Let's them know what they are owed. If they are wrongfully dismissed or they think they're getting short change, you can go there, go there as well. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca, and uh, it's anonymous. It's free, but there is a contact button at the top right, so feel free to use that. Today on the show, Lior, we're going to talk about, among other things, everything you need to know about wrongful dismissal. But first, what is uh, what's going on with you, pal? Hey, Johnny. Always, always t- terrific to be here. A real pleasure. Uh, it's certainly been a, a very busy week. I know I say this every week, but every week tends to be even busier than the one before. Uh, I, I don't know what to say other than that it's a really a great opportunity to always answer questions about employment law and advise individuals and hopefully help ease some of the minds and some of the uh, issues you, you may be having. So if you're not uh, getting answers from your employer about your rights, you're trying to find out what your status is. Maybe you've been off on a layoff. They're not telling you what to do. Well, I'll tell you what to do. I'll tell you what your rights are. Give us a call right now. Maybe you lost your job and you want to know what are your rights. Can, can you even lose your job? Is that even legal? Well, again, no need to wonder. Call us right now. Any workplace issue you have, uh, take advantage of the fact that we are here to answer your questions. And by calling us on the show, you'll be helping others that are listening. And of course, as I always say, uh, you know, we'll be off the show in a little while, but after we're off, I'm not going anywhere. If you want to reach out to me privately throughout the show, we'll give you that contact information. But to get started and revved up week that was, let me tell you about uh, some situations. Now, the first situation, honestly, John, is the most common situation and the most common question that I've been getting for the past six months or so. So it has to do with what I call options. So options being this, what happens, uh, Lior, that I get asked is if I'm on a temporary layoff, I have been off for a while, I'm not getting answers to when I'm coming back. Uh, so I'm, I'm sitting at home in, in this waiting pattern, holding pattern. What do I do? What are my options? So let's answer this once and for all because this is an extremely important issue and thousands and thousands of people are impacted by it. So if you've been on on a layoff, if you're off work now, whether it's recent or you've been off potentially since March of, uh, of this year, here's the options. Option number one is you can continue waiting and see what happens. And the reality is that if you keep waiting, you could be waiting until September 2021 before your employer actually gives you an answer. So you could be waiting another year or so, and by the way, it gets worse. Even if you do go back in September 2021, you could be put on the layoff again after a few months. Maybe not a great option, but let's call this option number one. The second option is that instead of waiting for your employer to make a decision, 
You can make the decision, okay? You can decide to treat this as a termination, the layoff as a termination right now and require your employer to pay you severance. So option one is you you wait for the employer to make the decision. Option number two, you have the right to make that decision. And I want to say this, that in some cases, in fact, maybe in most cases, it may be better to just say, enough is enough. I want my severance right now rather than potentially wait another year. We need compensation. Severance could be as much as two years' pay, depending on your length of employment, etc. So those are the options in every layoff situation. You wait potentially another year, or you treat that as a termination right now. You get your severance, and you move on. If you want your severance right now, always connect with me. I'll help you get it. That number, by the way, to reach out outside of the hour of the show is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. But right here, right now, to get to uh, to Brian. Hey, Brian, thanks for standing by. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Beautiful. What's uh, what's on your mind, pal? So, um, my wife and I are working at the same firm. We've been there for almost fifteen years. She resigned a couple weeks ago. Uh, next week is her last uh, week. I'm an independent contractor there, or a captive independent contractor. So when she left, I said I want to renegotiate my contract with them because she formed part of my contract there um, in terms of, uh, you know, handling all of my service and et cetera. After I sent that email, they sent me an email with two things. One, now that she's gone, they have a concern with my remote access, which is how I've been working for the last 14-plus years. Two... Now my role, they expect me to pick up where what she used to do for me. And I'm wondering if that's, if there's issues there. Now, uh, Brian, tell me this. You know, before, you know, your wife leaving, et cetera, were you working regular hours, full-time hours? Tell me about, about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, well, like we work, like, um, basically all day, every day, yeah, seven days a week. It, it, it's, it's, it's a sales job. I'm in the finance sector, so I was always working. Like we were always working. And do you work exclusively for this uh, this firm, or do you work for others as yeah. well? Nope, just just this one firm. Okay, so the reality is, Brian, I can tell you this with with an extremely high degree of certainty: is that you are an employee in the eyes of the law. You are an employee. You you don't work regularly, full time, and exclusively for a company for 15 years and not be an employee. It's just not possible. In fact, I, I couldn't think of a situation where you would be more of an employee than you are. So the fact that you're an employee means a few things. Now, uh, number one, what it means is, as specifically as relates to your question is that they actually cannot change the terms of employment. Now, it's one thing if you can agree with them, if you want some changes and they agree, great. But if you cannot come to terms, you absolutely have a right to continue on the same basis that you have been. Uh, And if they decide to let you go, or if they decide to say, well, too bad, we're changing things for you, that could be either a regular termination or a constructive dismissal, and you could easily be looking at over a year's pay by way of severance. So you are an employee. Uh, you may have a rights other to other things, overtime, vacation pay, etc. But you certainly do not have to accept changes to the terms of your your employment with them. And if they impose those, you can accept them or treat that as a constructive dismissal. If that's what it comes to, if they make changes that you don't agree with, that you're not happy with, let's talk about severance. But you should be weary uh, about continuing with a relationship where you're actually doing it illegally. You potentially are paying your taxes illegally. I can assure you, Brian, you're an employee. Okay, so even though I'm paid commission and 
my contract says I'm an independent contractor. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Think about it this way. You know, let, let's think of someone that's clearly an employee. Let's say, think someone that uh, I don't know works at a fast food restaurant uh, uh, nine nine to five. They're clearly an employee. If they signed a contract that's saying that they're an independent contractor, it doesn't make them an independent contractor, right? Anyone can sign something. It, it's a question of substance over form. If you look like an employee and act like an employee, you are an employee. So that's exactly your situation, Brian. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, Brian. Reach out uh, indeed to uh, get more clarity on this anytime. You can do so. 1-855-821-5900 would be that uh, that number. Brian, again, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. It is just that simple. Uh, back to your week that was. What's the second matter you got going on, pal? Yeah. So, uh, by the way, that's a very common situation that Brian just called about uh, when yeah. people are misclassified as independent contractors. So, I assure you, John, there's there's a bunch of people listening right now that believe that they're independent contractors, but the law considers them to be employees. So very important. If you're not sure, give us a call. But uh, let me tell you about another situation that crossed my desk. I, I spoke with a, a lady who worked for uh, for a particular store. That company she owns owned a number of stores. Well, she recently was notified that they're closing down the store that she was working in, but that they're going to be uh, offering her to transfer her to another store about an hour away. Uh, she said, "No, I, I don't want to do that. It's uh, it's it's too far from me. I I don't uh, I don't want to work so far from home." Uh, she'd been working at this other store very close to her home for years, so they said to her, "Well, okay. Well, since you're not agreeing to to move, then you've resigned." They issued her a record of employment saying she's resigned and said goodbye. So she called me and she wanted to know, "Well, wait a second. I mean, I, I'm now out of a job. I don't want to be out of a job. It's not my fault the store closed. So what are my rights?" So she's absolutely right. It's certainly not her fault, and she did not have the obligation to accept this transfer. Generally speaking, whenever we're talking about more than an hour change away in terms of your commute to a new location, you don't have to accept it. And if you're in a situation where you're out of a job because of that, that actually is a termination. It's a constructive dismissal. So in this situation, even though she chose not to do this transfer, uh, the, the law considers her as being terminated, not resigned. Because of that, she is owed severance, potentially as much as a year's pay for her, and I'm going to help her get it. And I wanted to remind everyone, because this has been happening more and more right now during COVID, where uh, an organization may want to move employees to other locations. Depending on how far that is in terms of uh, how long it's going to take you to get there, how much it changes your commute to work, that absolutely could be a constructive dismissal if you're not sure if you, if you should do it or how much you'd be owed if you didn't accept it give me a call and i'll help you figure it all out you know that whole thing with covid makes me think you know there's going to be a lot of well there is already but i think in the next one two three years even there's going to be a lot of people uh, having a lot of changes to their workplace i want to bring one up to you after we take a short break here and get into everything you need to know about wrongful dismissal employment law show global news radio you are listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And just prior, before we get into everything you need to know about wrongful dismissals, you know that uh, that last comment you made, Lior, about you know changes to the workplace during COVID uh, COVID nineteen. A lot of people now, because of the pandemic, a lot of people are now working from home. 
and uh, it might be semi-permanent or permanent going forward for a lot of people when businesses realize we don't need this massive building in the middle of whatever intersection people can work from home they're more efficient they're closer to their families a lot of people are loving that idea and it's working well for them some miss the camaraderie of being at work but for the most part i think people love it but even though that's a benefit and people see that as a good thing from COVID, they get to work from home, be close to their families. Can't, would the employer, how do I describe this, be able to like, would they be able to use that to their advantage in the future saying, well, you accepted that change to your term of employment. Now we're going to make this change and this one they may not like. That's a, that's a great question. And, and you know, this is all kind of a, a new situation with COVID-19. A lot of issues arising out of COVID-19 have not yet been formally or properly tested because it's all so new. But here's my view on that. If, if you're working from home because of, of COVID-19, no, it's not the type of change that will hurt you down the road. It, it's it's Arguably, it's a benefit to you, and it's not something that will compromise your entitlements. I'm very comfortable saying to people that if you agree to work from home or if you are required to work from home, by doing that, you're not giving the company the right to do bad things to you, to make bad changes to you later so it is a fairly safe thing to agree to awesome everything you need to know about wrongful dismissal well before we talk about uh what a wrongful dismissal is break it down tell us what it is not first yeah yeah it's a, it's a, it's a good place to start what it isn't uh, you know I, I often get calls gosh daily multiple times a day from people that of course are, are upset and and angry that they're they've been let go and Oftentimes, they're angry because they feel that the company didn't have a good good reason. Or maybe the the reason that they gave them was not the real reason. And, of course, that would upset me, too, if someone let me go and they they, they didn't have a legitimate reason. But from a legal standpoint, a wrongful dismissal has nothing to do with the reason. And that's because a company does have a right to let you go at any time and pretty much for any reason. So if they give me a reason that's not legitimate or if they... uh, don't give me a reason at all, or, or if they lie about the reason, as, as much as that bothers you and it's probably unethical, it's not illegal. You can't be let go as long as severance is paid. So a wrongful dismissal is not a situation where the company uh, doesn't give you a reason, makes up a reason, or has a bad one. Reasons generally do not factor in into wrongful dismissal. The only exception is a situation where you're being discriminated against, let's say based on your age or your ethnicity or medical condition. If it's discrimination, no. A company cannot let you go. That's a human rights violation. But if we're not talking about a human rights violation, generally speaking, even if the reason is bad, it's not a wrongful dismissal. Let's move on to a phone call. We'll get back to our discussion on wrongful dismissal in between. But uh, first, priority, Frank, thanks for uh, thanks for standing by. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, uh, I have worked for a company uh, uh, for about five years, and then I left on my own, and then I came back again and worked for them for another three years. Then I left again and came back after another couple years and worked for, let's say, another, uh, let's say, two years to the present date. Um, if I were to uh, lose my job or if they were to terminate me and offer me a severance, would they only owe me for the two years or would, would all those question. other years be, uh, be included or factored in? So that's a terrific question, Frank. It's actually a very common situation, believe it or not. So here's wow. my question to you is when you came back most recently, did they either explicitly or implicitly recognize your past years or did they completely treat you as a brand new employee? No, I'd say they recognized because each time I came back, it was always for a better position. 
And, and so, did you have to go through interviews? Did you have to, uh, you know, send your resume? Or did they like, hey, guys, uh, I want to come back. Sure, no problem. Come back, uh, Frank. How was it? No, they tried to... They tried to treat it like uh, like I was just – it was the first time we were meeting and um, very formal interview process. We still went through the whole thing. And did you sign most recently two years ago an employment agreement? Yes. Uh, is there something like a probationary clause in it, something that says, you know, first three months that say you're on probation? I believe so, actually. Yeah, I think there was. So because of that, they may actually be able to treat you as a two-year uh, employee. That said, uh, how many people approximately work for the company? Over a thousand. Okay. So, uh, so, so, how many years total did you work for this company in terms of actually uh, time worked? Twelve. And in those gaps, by the way, I also did consulting work for them too. Okay. So, so here's the good news: is at a minimum. They're going to have to pay you uh, at a minimum 20 uh, – sorry, not 20. They're going to have to pay you 14 weeks pay at a minimum, which is still over three months pay, even though you've only been there for uh, for two years. So you'll get partial, partial recognition for past service with respect to your minimum entitlements. Bottom line is you, you're not going to get credit for 12 years, but you're still going to get a bit more credit than two. So at a minimum, they'll owe you about three and a half months pay. Potentially, we could do a bit better. But because you signed this employment agreement, as you said, that likely has a, uh, a probationary clause, it's going to be very difficult that, to say that they recognize your past service. So that's what you're looking at. But don't assume that they could just let you go with two weeks' pay. It would still be something calculated in the months. Is all of this hinging on this pro- whether or not there was a probationary period? Is that, that a that- that is a key factor. If you don't have a probationary clause, I'd feel a lot more comfortable saying that they should be giving you credit for the for the years that you actually work there. So you may want to take a look at that or even just send me a copy. You can email it or fax it to me if you want. I can take a look at it and let you know what's what. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time, Frank. That email address is send it over. I do. That is uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Again, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Number to reach out to Lior and the team, 1-855-821-5900. Moving on down the line, get to uh, to Jane. Hi, Jane. Thanks for standing by. How are you? Hi, good. Thanks for taking my call. So I have a you question. Uh, my employer uh, uh, was trying to change my compensation i wrote back saying i don't accept this uh they've officially said that well i guess you're resigning i said no uh they stopped paying me and um they seem to be stalling so unfortunately i already engaged a lawyer uh and they're just stretching things out and i'm wondering what kind of recourse i have because they're totally capable of doing that kind of thing so am I right to say, Jane, that you're not getting paid now? Correct. And you're not working? Correct. And how long have you uh, been not working? About a month. Well, you've been terminated. You don't need answers from the company. Uh, the, the law now does its thing. So either uh, you know you can start a claim for wrongful dismissal, and you know we're, we're talking about wrongful dismissal on this program. A wrongful dismissal is a situation where you've been let go without compensation. That's exactly what's happened to you. So there's no answers that you need from the company. This is done. It's over. Uh, unless you want to, to try to convince them to take you back, which they don't have to, this is a termination. You are owed severance. How, how long have you worked there, Jane? Uh, four years. So uh, depending on your position and age, you could easily be looking at six months' pay. So uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to 
I'm not going to tell you what to do with the lawyer, but a, a lawyer that knows what he or she is doing should be able to get this resolved very quickly. This is not a complicated thing. Uh, so that's that's what I can tell you, Jane. This is a termination if there ever was one. If you're not working or getting paid for a month, yeah, you, you can't be more terminated than that. But do you think, do you, would you proceed to commence a lawsuit or would you try and negotiate with their, with their lawyer? Uh, that's what I'm asking. Well, I, I mean, if, if I've... I, I, if I attempted that and I'm not getting anywhere, I'd commence a claim. But yes, as a first step, I would always try to negotiate, but I keep that on a short leash. If I don't have an answer within a week, week and a half, maybe two, I start a claim. This is not a situation where I'm going to be chasing them because they're the ones that did something wrong, not not me, right? Okay. So you, you, you would have little patience for anything that stretches out uh Of course. You you need to get paid. I mean, if you're like most of us, you you can't just wait indefinitely to get paid. So, of course, I would would not sit on this because it's your money. It's your uh, income that you need to, to get resolved. Okay. Got it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jane. Appreciate your time. There you go. Just that simple. If you want to send an email along, we uh, we welcome those. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And uh, back here to our uh, conversation about wrongful dismissal. We know what it isn't, so explain exactly what is a wrongful dismissal. Right. And and exactly as I was trying to or I was explaining to, to Jane, a wrongful dismissal is a situation where you've been let go and have not been paid what you're owed or, or haven't been offered the proper amount. So a wrongful dismissal really is not about the reason. A wrongful dismissal is all about the severance or, or the compensation that's owed to you once you are let go. So if you've been offered six months and it should have been more than six months, just as an example, that's a wrongful dismissal. Or if you haven't paid anything and you should have been paid severance, again, that's a wrongful dismissal. So you could be wrongfully dismissed uh, even if the, the reason is legitimate, even if the reason is illegitimate. And uh, most people, John... 90% of people, when they are let go, in fact, they are wrongfully dismissed because they're not getting or being offered what they are owed. Chances are, if you ever lost your job, whether it's now or 20 years ago, at that time when you lost your job, you were wrongfully dismissed. Uh, unless you, you you sought advice and negotiated proper compensation, uh, compensation, chances are that whatever you accepted was significantly less than what you're actually owed. And one of, the, one of the ways to find that out, whether it's for now or just for curiosity, is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We have a severance calculator tool there that allows you to find out what the real amount is that you're owed. Now what the company says you're, you're owed, uh, what you've been offered, what the real amount is. How expansive is the checklist You know, someone can use to know if they determine if they have been wrongfully dismissed? Well, the, the main factors that, that kind of go into is your age, your position, and the length of your employment. So the longer you work, the older you are, and the more senior a position, the greater the compensation, the greater the severance. So generally speaking, is if you've worked for a company uh, you know, as a short service employee, kind of under five years or less, you actually get disproportionately more severance than a longer service employee. Okay. So you may have worked for a company for a year and could be owed four months, five months, even six months pay. In fact, you could have worked for the company for four months pay and still get four months or, or more pay. So short service employees are, are automatically getting more proportionally than longer service. So you may have been with the company for oh, a few months and you were let go and the company says, here's your one week's pay. And you think, well, that's appropriate. I was only there for a few months. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. You could be owed a few months pay. In fact, the length of the severance could be greater than the length of employment. Now, beyond that, keep in mind that uh, severance usually caps out at 24 months. 
So for longer service employees and older and or more senior positions, you could get as much as two years pay. But honestly, the best way so that you're not guessing, is this a right or is this not, you go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That's why we created it in seconds and for free. And of course, anonymously, you can find out the real number. How common is it? Wrongful dismissals. We'll find out after we take a short break. Or reach out through email help at employmentlawyer.ca. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Help at employmentlawyer.ca anytime as well, like having a lawyer with you 24-7. It's free, it's anonymous, but it's awesome. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is the way you want to go talking about wrongful dismissals. So what if your employer gave you notice of termination instead of severance? Could you still have been wrongfully dismissed? That's a, that's a great question. So when, whenever we're talking about severance, I always talk about the, the money that someone is owed. So there's generally two ways you can get your money, if you will, your severance. The first way is you, you're gone today and the employer has to pay you your severance, whether it's two months or 24 months or anything in between. But there's another way, and that is that they actually don't have to pay it to you. Instead of that, they give you the equivalent in notice, so in advance notice. So, for example, if you're owed six months severance, uh, instead of paying you for six months or just writing you a check, they can say, we're telling you today that six months from now, you are out of a job. They give you six months advance notice of termination. So as long as they give you the correct amount of notice, generally, they wouldn't owe you anything at the end of it. That doesn't happen too often, but it does happen. But here's the thing, and here's what I've noticed in most cases. When the employer gives notice, they actually give insufficient notice. So, for example, if they owe you six months, they may say, we'll give you two months notice, thinking that that's enough, thinking that they won't owe you anything at the end of it. So, no, that's not the case. If your company doesn't give you enough notice, they would have to make up the difference by way of severance. So, if you're owed six months and they give you two months notice, at the end of that two months, they would have to pay you another four months pay to make to get you up to six months. Same thing if it was 18 months or 24 months or anything else. So absolutely, you could be wrongfully dismissed. In fact, you're likely still wrongfully dismissed if you've received advance notice of the termination of your employment because you've received likely insufficient notice and the company has to make it up by way of severance. Ask your questions. Now is the time. So bring it on. Mike, how are you? Good. How are you doing, John? Excellent. What's, uh, what's going on with you today? Uh, it's my brother, actually. He, he was just terminated last week from his uh, uh, after being laid off. Yeah, and, and uh, what's uh, the question? Yeah. So the question is, he's, he's been with the he's been with his company for five years, and then he got uh, he went to a, a different uh, position for uh, less than three weeks, and then he went back to the company after that. Uh, so the only thing that he signed off was that uh, uh, a change in pay rate, but that was it. But he's curious as to whether he's actually a nine-year employee, employee or whether he's a four-year employee and what his entitlement would be. So I, I, what you're saying is that in that nine years, he only had a three-week gap? That's correct. Then he's definitely a nine-year employee, not even a question. Uh, so so that, that's not even something that, that we need to worry about. So he was, he's been let go. What, what was he offered by way of severance? Three weeks. Are you serious? Oh, my gosh. So yes. how old is your brother, Mike, and what kind of a job? He's 60 years old, and he's in sales. 
Well, he could be owed potentially as much as a year's pay, and certainly around 10 months to a year, uh, you know, age being a, a, a factor. Arguably, it's going to be harder to find a job at 60 than it may be at 40. So, oh my gosh, I mean, this is probably one of the, uh, of the worst wrongful dismissal I've seen in a few weeks. That's nonsense. That's illegal. That's ridiculous. That's also, by the way, a breach of the Employment Standards Act. That's an, a separate issue. So, uh, uh, Mike, your brother's owed significantly more. Like I said, it could be as much as a year's pay. Forget about three weeks. You really got to get him to call me and, and to call me right away. Okay, I will. Perfect. I'll let him know. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate your time. And I, you probably know the number, one 821 5900 1-855-821-5900. Mikey, and the email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Going to move on down the line here to, uh, to Nathan. Hey, Nathan, thanks for standing by. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Great. What's going on with you? Not much. I just had a quick question about the notice period. Um, is there a maximum notice that a company can give you? Like, if you've been with a company for 18 years... Typically, you'd be entitled by 18 months. Can they turn around and say, I'm giving you an 18-month notice? Are we going to let you go? Yes, they, they can. Now, in fairness, most companies are not going to do that because it's going to make the next 18 months awkward for both the company and the employee. Yeah. But could they legally? Sure. In fact, they could. in some situations, employees get uh, 24 months, and they could get 24 months notice. Yes, legally, there's nothing preventing that. But most com- companies don't do it. If they do, so long as they don't change the terms of employment during that period, so they can't say we're giving you 18 months, but during that time we'll reduce your pay or, or we'll change your job. As long as they keep the status quo, yeah, a company is allowed to do that. And I guess within that notice period, they still are they still able to terminate you if your performance falls? A company can always let someone go, right? So they, they can, yeah. but keep in mind, if they let, – let, let's use your example. Let's say they give you 18 months' notice, right? And uh, three months in, they say, well, your performance is not very good, so we're letting you go. The only way they could do that without having to pay severance is if, number one, performance is abysmal, number one. And number two is they warned the person, they gave them chance after chance, and then they're in a situation where they can say, well, what more can we do? We have to let this, this person go. But it would be very, very difficult to be able to let them go without compensation. So chances are, using the example, if they let the person go after three months, they would still have to pay them the balance of the 15 months by way of severance. So it's very difficult to let someone go without compensation, especially if it's for performance reasons. Got it. Very interesting loophole for companies. It's very, very interesting. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, uh, thanks, oh. man. Appreciate it, Nathan. We're going to get to Frank Nathan. right now. Yeah, Frank, <laughs> we'll get you on. We got a couple minutes here, pal. How are you? Good. Good. Yourself? Good. What's up? Uh, what's on your mind? I'm a realtor. I've been collecting CERB. Um, I haven't come back to work. My clientele base isn't working, and they don't feel comfortable about it. So I haven't made any money. Now I, I classify myself as. Uh, an independent contractor as I do my taxes. Do I qualify for the new unemployment that the Trudeau is offering? So, so you're, you're, there's a new benefit that's being created that would apply specifically for people that are not standard employees. So, yes, you would qualify for for government benefits. It's it's uh, it's not EI, but it's a it's another emergency benefit. So, yes, there would be compensation available, uh, Frank, if you can show that your income has been reduced. Absolutely. Another question is, I have someone who's willing to give me a job managing their property. Uh, they want to give me $10,000 for the year of 2021, 
but I made a deal that they will pay me in advance starting December 31st. Does that mean I can't collect it anymore? Because they said to me, I'll pay you so much. But I said, okay, could you pay me up front for the full year to help me out? Now, what would happen there? Because I will be getting a $10,000 check, but it's based on the full year. You would still be able, because of the, the amount annualized, I mean, as long as they, they, they uh, as long as it's clear that it's for the year, but even if it wasn't, frankly, even if you can sh- show that it's for one month, all that means you'd be able to get it for the other months because you wouldn't have any income. So because we're, we're talking about, number one, it's not a huge amount over a year, and because you're really getting it in one shot, it wouldn't impact your benefits because, like I said, you won't have any income for the other months, so you'll be fine. Okay, perfect. So I can just apply. It's that five hundred dollars, am I correct? Correct, exactly. Five hundred bucks. Frank, appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll take a short break and get right back into it. Continue our discussion on uh, wrongful dismissal and your phone calls as well. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. If you want to email it is help at employmentlawyer.ca and reach out to Lior and the team. It's 1-855-821-5900. Continue our uh, discussion about wrongful dismissal. You know, we've spoken so many times before about constructive dismissal. So wherein lies the difference between a wrongful dismissal and a constructive dismissal? So a constructive dismissal is simply a type of wrongful dismissal. So a, a regular dismissal is a situation where you walk into the office, company says, sorry, today's your last day, here's your paperwork, goodbye, right? That's a dismissal. The company made the decision that you are not going to be working in, in, there anymore. A constructive dismissal, it's a bit different. It's not where the company says you're gone, it's where you decide to leave because of something that the company did. So a constructive dismissal would be if you leave because they gave you a pay cut or they demoted you or relocated you. Usually it's in response to a change to the terms of employment. But because you're leaving and the company has not paid you any severance, it's still a wrongful dismissal. So a constructive dismissal is a situation where the law considers you to be terminated. And because you've been terminated, you are still owed your severance. So the, 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 the damages or the compensation that's owed to you in a constructive dismissal is exactly the same that it would be in a regular dismissal. We look at your age, we look at your position and the length of your employment, and we determine what you are owed. It's as simple as that. So constructive dismissal happens often. We've talked about it before on the show. It's exactly the type of wrongful dismissal. You know, people often worry about that deadline. So what about that If in the severance package? By the time you figure out which one it is, wrongfully dismissed or, or what have you, the, the package will have expired. And I use that in quotations, right? Exactly. You use it in quotations because it really doesn't matter. Now, let's, let's be clear. Every severance package, and I do mean every severance package, is going to have a deadline. So, employee, here's what we're offering you. And to accept this, you have to sign this document by whatever the deadline is, by Friday, by Tuesday, whatever. And most normal people uh, would look at it and, and feel the, the pressure, feel stressed and say, oh, my gosh, this expires Friday. I have to sign this or I'm not going to get it. Well, no, it doesn't work that way. Remember, if the company has to pay you something, then they have to pay it. That deadline is meaningless and your legal rights don't expire Friday. In fact, the only time that you would worry about that deadline is if the company was offering you more than what they should be paying you. 
in which case, of course, you'd want to accept it before they change their mind. That doesn't happen. So the way it really works is, let's say a company owes you 12 months pay, they offer you six, and they say, well, to accept this bad offer, you have to, to sign this by Friday. That's absurd. So not only are they offering you less, they're saying that they're not going to pay you the bad offer unless you sign by Friday. No, it's ridiculous. So don't worry about, uh, about that. Your Friday deadline is meaningless. You can take up to two years to pursue your entitlements. The main thing you need to do is ensure that the offer, the severance you're eventually going to sign, is appropriate. Because once you sign it and you realize a year later or even a day later yeah. that it's not good, you can't do anything about it. So call me, go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Please, please don't just sign off on that severance because you're concerned about that deadline. Got to get Brad on the air here. Hi, Brad. Thanks for hanging on. How are you? Uh, I'm great. How are you? We're, uh, we're, we're doing, the, doing the good work here, pal. What's, uh, what's on your mind? So just before all this COVID stuff happened in March, um, I was let go by my employer. Um, I was the senior driver in the GTA area. And the reasoning they put on my form was non-constructive dismissal, which I've never heard of before. <laughs> Neither have I. But go ahead. And, <laughs> and so then they were they offered, well, obviously I got paid my last week that I was there, my vacation pay that was left over. And they just deposited in my account a severance pay. And it was like $4,000. Okay, now, so how long did you work there for, by the way? Uh, just under five years. Okay, and 4000 4, bucks, whatever, how much does that represent in terms of weeks or months? Uh, maybe, well, because my one week's pay was on there on my vacation, so I'm going to say it was probably about a month, month and a half pay. Okay, yeah, go ahead, Brad. Uh, yeah, so I was just curious if I was entitled to more. Like I, when I got hired on there, they knew I had a pre-existing back condition. So, and I was a driver. So, trying to find work, especially during COVID, was like next to impossible. Yeah, I bet. Um, and, yeah, and I was so I was just wondering if I had any entitlement to. Because I never signed anything. I never accepted no payments, no nothing. They just deposited it into my bank account. So here's the good news, Brad. The good news is you're probably owed around six months pay. And you know, if your math is right, they give you about a month. So that's exactly what we've been talking about on the show. That's a wrongful dismissal. It's a wrongful dismissal because you're owed six months pay and they paid you one. So easily that is a wrongful dismissal and especially true during COVID when it's going to take you longer to find another job. And that's one of the factors that goes, uh, one of the factors that go into assessing your severance. So because this happened, what, earlier this year, I guess? Yeah, it was like March 10th. Okay, so right before COVID. Uh, and so the good news is you still have time. You, you know, there's a two-year limitation period, so there's nothing there preventing you from pursuing it. Uh, so there's no issue. This is going to actually be very simple to resolve. Potentially one or, or two letters from me is all that that's going to take. So, Brad, what I want you to do is I want you to connect with me off air. Let me help you get that severance. You're owed significantly more. Let's put it that way. Okay, yeah, because they even, like, sent me texts, and, and they were saying, like, after, this is afterwards, saying, oh, we just think you'd be happier somewhere else. Like, there was no legitimate reasons to actually be let go, and even half the office staff just didn't understand. Like, it, it was just weird. Yeah, and ultimately, remember, Brad, they can let you go, even if we think the, 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 the reason is kind of crappy, they can let you go, but they have to pay you that severance. And for you, that's six months, not a month. So uh, you've been wrongfully dismissed. 
Brad, appreciate the time, brother. You want to reach out, do it. As Leora said, don't waste any more time. 1-855-821-5900 is the number. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Let's slide over to an email or two in the last couple minutes of the show. We'll get to Steve here. Steve says, uh, guys, I usually work around 50 hours of paid overtime a month. My company just decided to hire another employee. So from now on, Bupkis, I have no overtime. Can they do this? That's a great question. And, you know, we, we touched on constructive dismissal. This is a form of constructive dismissal. Why? Because you're essentially going to be making less money. If you regularly work overtime and, you know, let's say you average, I don't know, $2,000 a month, whatever it is, in overtime, well, now if you're not going to make that, it's as if they are giving you a pay cut. Uh, and if they're giving you a pay cut, that's something you could treat potentially as a constructive dismissal. So you don't have to accept that. You have an option. Option one is you continue working and you accept this change. Now you're making less money. Absolutely an option. Option number two is you can treat that as a constructive dismissal and get your severance. So even if it's a reduction in overtime or an elimination of overtime, if it impacts you in the pocket, if it means you make less money, that is a constructive dismissal. Again, you want to reach out anytime you could do so. one 821 5900 is the, uh, the way to go. John, we got about a minute. Give it to us quick, pal. What's your concern? Uh, your, I've been listening to you for a long time. Uh, great listening to you. Uh, do you charge a retainer? Because I'm saying, yo, if you got to charge 80 to 100 bucks per letter and all it takes is two letters, that's 200 bucks in your pocket to try and get the man his, <laughs> his, his uh, $15,000. However... Are you going to make your money? I'm not about the money. I'm about the love of the sport, not about the money. Um, but uh, you charge a retainer, and if so, what's your retainer? Because how are you going to be – I don't know how you do your business. We don't know. Got it. Yep. Yeah, uh, I'm about the love too, by the way. Uh, no, uh, we, we, we don't charge a, an advanced retainer in, in almost every case. We charge based either time spent or a percentage of whatever we recover, whatever the person decides. So there's, there's never really any concern about spending money and not getting anything in return. Good way to wrap it up, brother, and we're going to leave it there. You want to reach out now, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is the website. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca, and the phone number, use it, one 821 And you want to check out our TV show happens on the weekends on Global TV and CTV as well. We'll catch you next time, Employment Law Show here on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.